0: Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of D.C. that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia.
1: What is it, a half game out of
2: eight? How, how far How far back from seventh, man? If this happens. <laughs> only oh one. Oh, my goodness. Hold on to your seats. Only one game out of the seventh seat. Oh, my goodness. If that happens. Welcome. Oh, do we have a treat for you. The great Darnell Mayberry is on the line. Darnell, how are you? I'm doing well,
1: Fred, man. Thanks for having me on.
2: Oh, this is, I am so excited here because, I always view you as is like the voice of reason, this intelligent sage out there that really can help put things in perspective for, you know, some of the fans who maybe are too excited like myself, and some of the fans that are always too negative, like Doggable Nation. So the hot topic for today is this discussion around trading Thad Young. My sources have told me, you know, the, the Celtics have been a massive disappointment. They're trying to get a front court player. They're 13 and 13, currently the four seed. And they would offer their, their number one pick. They have a uh, trade exception to get Dad Young. My counter to that is Dad Young is outplayed just a late first-round pick. Do you agree or do you feel that the Bulls should keep him or would you even trade him for a late first-round pick?
1: I, I see both sides of it. Um, I'm leaning more toward keep Thad because he's playing so incredibly well and he means so much to this young roster. We're seeing him do so many different things uh in in various roles and have such an impact on everyone from zach levine to wendell carter to daniel gafford even larry markinen so he brings so much that i think that this team this roster where this organization is really can rely on him to build good habits and build a culture i hate to use that cliche but to help build their culture and, and learn how to win games. And we're seeing that this year. So why mess that up? That's the real thing that I just can't really get past. But at the same time, if you can get assets for him, you know that he's not a long-term piece. You know that you, you are still in a rebuild and that you have to get some assets in here and, and some, some more talent in here. So um, if, if the right deal comes along, I wouldn't be adamantly against it. But short of that, I wouldn't trade him because
2: he does so much for this young roster. And I agree 100% with what you said. I don't want to trade that, but if the Celtics offered Neesmith, which was their number one pick this year, and their number one you know, in 2021, yeah, I'd have to consider that. But just this idea that he's worth a late-round pick, which more often than not, those are end-of-rotation guys or busts. I don't think that's worth it for Thad Young, who's under contract for next year. On
1: a, on a pretty good deal. So if he can come back next year and still have that, that uh, I think it's a, a buyout in his final season of this contract, then that's even more attractive for a suitor if they're interested at that point. Uh, and who knows what you're able to get at that at that juncture. But uh, you, I, I'm with you. If the right deal comes along, uh, if you can get a first and a young prospect, then I think at that point it's a no-brainer. I don't know if Thad Young is going to fetch the Bulls that much.
2: Would you say right now he's a front-runner for six-man of the year?
1: You know, I was watching uh, the Utah Jazz game last night. I can't even remember right now off the top of my head who they are playing. But they were talking about Jordan Clarkson. And obviously mm-hmm. Utah is playing so well. Um, one of the best. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo called them the best team in the West. And Jordan oh, Clarkson is is a real uh, key contributor for them. So uh, a guy like him, you'd have to look at. Obviously, Lou Williams is always going to be in that mix. Uh, but Thad Young, if the Bulls continue to win, I do think he belongs in that conversation.
2: So being around the team more, you know, pre-COVID and, and seeing Thad's interaction with the team, do you believe that he is a positive influence on these young players? And do you believe that that is worth something, right? Keeping him would potentially be beneficial for the development of the core.
1: You know what is interesting? You know, last year, uh, how quickly the narrative changes. I mean, last year, let's not forget, that Young was upset. He, he wasn't a happy camper with the Bulls last year because right. he was playing uh, low minutes. Uh, he wasn't happy with his role. He wasn't happy with how he was being used. And he had to kind of bite his tongue a little bit, but those reports came out that he wasn't happy. All of a sudden he's coming into this year, you got Billy Donovan in place of Jim Boylan. You've got uh more wins <laughs> uh and, and more competitive games, and now all of a sudden Thad Young is he looks like a different player. He kind he kinda of comes off like a, a, a better leader uh and mentor. I think he was always a good leader and mentor, but it's just funny how I don't want to say winning, but winning more, I should say, helps everything and I think we're seeing that now and his minutes aren't all that different than they were last year some of the injuries have bumped him up in, in recent games and weeks but uh, at the same time he, his minutes haven't been that much different than they were last year and it's just interesting how the narrative has changed all of a sudden now that these Bulls are playing a lot better basketball and winning more games and it's it, not even just the wins but being in more games, they're they're playing much more competitively than they were last year, uh, and I think they have the most games within five points or fewer, or four points or fewer, or something like that. Yes. So, uh, and unfortunately, obviously bad room. young is a is a big part of that. But um, it's just funny to me how the narrative changes.
2: Kobe White, another dividing line in the fan base. I, I'm pro Kobe. I mean, he's twenty, just turned twenty-one today. Uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous the the reaction. That many fans have had to is disappointing at times play um and there's a start sado movement where do you fall on the start sado movement um do you in in your general overview or opinion of kobe white's play so far this season yeah i'm
1: writing something for the athletic on kobe and just his ups and downs he has not been great this year there's no beating around that bush but he's still a young player, and I didn't even know today was his birthday. Uh, thank you for saying that, but <laughs> sure. that that just shows you how young he is. And um, he's going to develop. He's not the answer this year. He's not going to be the answer this year. But that doesn't mean that he can't evolve and grow and learn and get better and become a better player at that specific position and, and I won't hold it past them uh, I do kind of cringe at how quickly everyone has written him off what are the bulls like 11 or 15 they played 26 games something like that yeah uh, fortunately Kobe has played all of them you know he, he is really in his first two years proven to be a very durable guy knock on wood but uh, that's one of the things that you that you want I mean look at Larry look at Wendell look at Otto Porter those are relatively young guys when i throw out porter in there who just can't stay healthy the one thing that kobe white can do is be available and i don't think you can uh diminish that or, or ignore that so uh, that is a good thing but he also has to improve and i think we're seeing the league is catching up to him a little bit in his second season and he's not where he needs to be in terms of being a league guard but that doesn't mean that he won't improve
2: there is a lot of talk from the ball boys, I call them. There's a large contingent of the fan base that really want the Bulls to trade for Lonzo Ball. What's your opinion of Lonzo Ball's game? Do you think he'd be beneficial to the beloved? As someone who's watched the NBA for a long time, would you condone a trade for Lonzo Ball?
1: I kind of fall on the same side that I do with the Thad Young uh, hypothetical scenario. If if it's the right, if it's the right deal, sure. Um, if you've got to trade one of your key players, I'm not sure I'm trading for Lonzo Ball. He just hasn't shown enough consistency for me throughout his career. Uh, I do understand that he can come in and do some things in terms of being a playmaker, and especially defensively. I mean, that's one of the things that I think more casual fans don't understand, that the guy can really defend. And that's really helpful and impactful. But at the same time, can you live with that inconsistency. We saw that. We saw that the last two, two two-and-a-half seasons, whatever, three seasons, with Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was a a really good... um, He wasn't the playmaker, but he was a really good defender, and he was also really inconsistent. And so, uh, do you want to pay for that in terms of uh, trade assets and uh, a lucrative contract for Lonzo Ball moving forward? So... I don't know that I would do it, Um, you know, and Lonzo would have to really show some consistency if he got here. But one of the things that the Bulls are are really big on, I'll remind you, is player development. And if they can go get a young guy like Lonzo Ball and believe that they can further his development, then maybe they feel like that's not such a big gamble.
2: So, Zach Levine, you've always been a proponent of Zach Levine and I think he's one of his biggest defenders on this scene, and he's got some detractors in the in the media. Um, I think it's proven out. You were right in all this argument over the years. He, he somehow brought up his game another level this year. Do you think he's beyond the point now that he's going to be traded? I mean, do you think the organization has said, hey, we're going to build with this guy and, and, and around him potentially as opposed to moving him? Because if, if Zach is moved, I mean, this is a another level of the rebuild, right? We're, we're starting over again.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're beyond it. And, and one of the things that really kind of makes me doubt that they are is the way Billy Donovan talks about him, quite frankly. Um, you know, it's almost like certain other players get handled with kid kid gloves, but Zach Levine is criticized for doing every little thing. And it's something that I don't understand to a degree. Uh, I do get the fact that you want to push players, and, and especially your best players, you need them to be the best that they can be in order for your franchise to get where you want to go. But... You know, Zach Levine is trying his best to do things the right way, whether it's take better shots, get teammates more involved, uh, no time and score and situation, play better defense. We can go down the line. He is trying and he has tried to do everything he possibly can to help this team win. Um, it's not always pretty, and I, I'll be the first to admit that. It's, but he's still a young guy. Um, he has enormous talent and instead of focusing on his flaws or his weaknesses and criticizing him so much I just don't understand why more don't appreciate the fact that he is the guy with the most talent on this team and if you trade him are you going to get someone who is unequivocally better? I don't think so and that's why I wouldn't trade him Um, he's almost at that level of all-star and what have we talked about for Three years, ever since, or four years almost, ever since the Jimmy Butler trade. How can the Bulls get a star? They're developing one in Zach Levine. Why would you trade him at this point?
2: So this is interesting. I haven't picked up on this. You're saying that Donovan is more critical of Zach than he is of other players. Yeah, I, I think so.
1: Uh, certainly, Laurie Uh
2: yeah.
1: You know, he doesn't criticize Laurie. And I, I, I think that might be a Laurie marketing thing where Billy probably just feels like that's not a guy that you want to ruffle feathers with maybe he is a little more sensitive maybe he feels like he can't handle it but if you notice he doesn't really criticize martin marketing uh but when it comes to kobe white zach levine wendell carter he would be a lot more critical of those guys and and what separates Zach from wendell and kobe in my book in my estimation is the the level of and, and billy is slick about it don't get me wrong. I mean, he's not just coming out and saying most of the time. He's not coming out and just saying Zach was this or that, you know, terrible or anything like that. But he is saying very pointed, very directed comments about guys breaking off the system. Go back in the preseason. I remember it was an Oklahoma City preseason game where he was talking about guys breaking off and doing their own thing. And it was just really shocking to me because I'm like, you have a guy who's capable of that. Why would you single him out and, and criticize him for doing what he's more than capable of doing. I understand getting, trying to get him to play the right way. That's very important. It, it means the team will be better in the long term if everyone's playing within the flow and you don't have Zach just doing his own thing. I get that. But at the same time, just when, you, when you nitpick, and it's constant, it has been kind of constant. I don't understand where that's coming from. And it kind of gives me a feeling that there are some internal conversations with the Bulls that maybe they're not entirely sure that they want Zach here long-term just yet. But I do think that Zach, through his play, is changing that that belief, that narrative, uh, or that opinion.
2: Oh my gosh. I mean, that would be... I think we would both agree, right? If you're going to move Zach Levine, it's got to be near the trade deadline or you know, hopefully, I think that would yield the biggest return. If you wait any longer than that, he's going into the last year of his contract. I'm not saying I would do it, but if you're going to move him, it would probably, I can't imagine you getting a better return than right now.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Because that, that contract matter is coming up, the Bulls have a decision to make. You know, Do they want to commit to this guy or do they want to try to see what they can get for him? And I just go back to what are you going to get? And in order for the value to match what Zach Levine is already providing you, you're probably going to have to throw in another one of the, the team's core players, young core players, whether that's Larry or Wendell or Kobe. Who knows? Uh, or maybe one of the veteran guys would be attached. Um, I don't think Otto would be there just because he makes too much, uh, but maybe Fad or Sadaransky. I doubt Garrett Temple, but um, you know, at that point, I think you're you're including too much to try to essentially get... I mean, what are you going to get? Ben Simmons? And then even if you do, I and mean, I'm just... This is all hypothetical. We're just talking friends, it. It's speculation. At this sure. thing. But like, even if you got a guy like Ben Simmons, is he going to come in and be that much better in terms of building around than Zach Levine? I don't think so. And maybe you call me an idiot, call me whatever you want, but I just don't see it. Um, And then if you trade them for young assets, then you're essentially starting to rebuild all over again. And we're going to be going down this road for another three or four years before those assets develop or uh, appreciate. So I, I don't understand the desire by so many to want to see him traded. And I wouldn't understand it if the Bulls pulled the trigger.
2: Amen. I agree 100%. I don't know if you've uh, seen my tweets on this, but I feel like the Bulls, the, there's been far too much made uh, criticisms of Kobe and Zach and, as a backcourt. Just like I feel like, I think they're Portland East, right? If you look at Portland, Zach Levine is very similar to Dame Lillard. You know, Zach's 25. They have similar games. They're not great defensively. They can score from anywhere. Uh, you know, Lillard's, what, 29? I, I think they're c- comparable, C.J. McCollum is not a true point guard. Kobe White is not a true point guard. Comparable games. C.J.'s 29, you know, Kobe's only 21. And I think that's what the Bulls could have, and that, therefore, really maximizing how great that can be is completely dependent on Patrick Williams' development. Do you buy that comparison that I've made, number one? And number two, what is your take on Patrick Williams? I'd love to get your opinion on him and his development so far.
1: I don't fully buy it, Fred and, and for this reason, um, Kobe is way too inconsistent. Zach is obviously on, on a similar level. I don't know if he's necessarily the same as Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They're, those guys have done it, at least shown their ability to do it in the playoffs. Zach, it's not entirely his fault. Uh, you know, his best teammate. I love this argument that's been floated in the recent weeks. Who's his best teammate? And it's either Thad Young or, or Robin Lopez, you know, who who's been his best teammate uh, since he's been with the Bulls. That's probably right not, yeah. not that's unacceptable. I mean, and you can't lay everything at the feet of Zach for for not being quote unquote a winning player when his best teammate is Thaddeus Young. No disrespect to Thaddeus Young, but uh, you know, we're not talking about another all star. We're talking about a bench player. So, um Kobe's too inconsistent. Those guys haven't done it. They haven't made it to the playoffs. They they need to show that they need to they can do it in the playoffs. Um, and those, I mean, C.J. McCollum is just an incredible scorer, and we haven't seen that from Kobe. We've seen those streaks where he can get get hot and make shots, but he's not the same level of scorer as as C.J. McCollum. Again, there's a big age gap there, and maybe Kobe can continue to develop into that. I'm not saying he can't. But I wouldn't go that far just yet. Um, as far as Patrick Williams, I don't have a problem with anything I've seen. I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive, obviously. But other than that, I think he, that young man needs to just keep doing what he's doing to, to go out there and, and face guys like Giannis and LeBron and Kawhi and Gordon Hayward, go, Jalen Brown, go on down the line. He's been impressive in his rookie season even if the numbers uh, are aren't gaudy, even if there's been some some ups and downs that's what rookies do and I think he's got a bright future and I think the Bulls really picked a good one.
2: That's great to hear. And when I said the Portland comparison I I guess I'm trying to round kind of bring the argument to this point where I hear a lot of fans saying we need a pure point guard and I look at Portland, I look at Cleveland with Sexton and Garland I look at Denver and the Clippers. There's so many teams without a true point guard. Even I point to, uh, you know, even Miami that are that are contenders. Do you really need a pure point guard in today's NBA? Isn't a defensive stud on the perimeter probably at the three position? Since I think Williams is more of a four, isn't that the greater need for the Bulls? I'll say two things. One, and I should
1: have said this in, the, in, the, in the, my first. The first part of my answer, but if you look at Portland, I mean what's their ceiling? If that's your blueprint, then I don't think you're going to go where you want to go um because you you're right you're going you're going to need a guy like Patrick Williams to pick up a lot of slack um and so if you're if you're modeling your building off of the blazers, I just don't see that as a long term viable option in terms of. Major success, high level success, um, championship level success. And again, you're going to need a, a, another guy. I don't know if Patrick Williams is going to become that guy, but it def- definitely looks like he's on the right track to being an impactful player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I do like the fact that Zach and Kobe are dynamic. They obviously went out there to Portland and, and outplayed Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. They outplayed Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal in Washington. So they have the ability. They need to develop. And I think that's what the Bulls are wanting to see from them. And even if they do, my reservation is, okay, if they do, what's their ceiling?
2: hmm. Yeah. A great question, and, and and the only thing I would counter is that's what Portland has always missed, is that third guy, you know, and that's what I'm hoping Williams could be, really develop into a defensive stopper, and just the third guy they need to bring them over to the top, when it's really always been McCollum and, and Lillard, and then, you know, everybody else after that is nowhere near all-star caliber. I did want to get a little bit into um, Larry, because we touched on it a, a, a bit. And this is another flashpoint for the fan base. I, I was very pro-Laurie until this year, and then I'm just, his inconsistency is maddening. I mean, his injury, his recent injury is a play I see every day at sixth graders, and he's out now four weeks. I'm just bewildered at his inability to stay healthy. You know, where are you on the Laurie Markinen train? Are you, are you, do you believe they're going to move him? Or is he going to be a piece that they're going to keep? I'd like to get first your opinion on what they should do with him, and then second of all, what you think will happen.
1: They are really trying to give him an opportunity to show what he can do. I know that. And they've been doing it again going back to the preseason. So um, I do, just from what they've said publicly and from what they're showing on the court, it's clear that they are high on him. They want to give him an opportunity to prove that he belongs here long term, to prove that he is worthy of a lucrative extension, uh, whatever he might receive in, in terms of an offer sheet from another team this coming summer, this coming off season, uh, and if, and whether or not they, they are interested in matching. And I give them credit for putting him in those positions to prove what he can do. The problem is, I mean, if, if Larry Laurie Marketing is a guy that you have to run, um, a lot of actions for, and make it a point to to get involved so much, and and he's really a one-trick pony still. I mean, he's so limited in what he can do offensively, and we know he's an average at best defender, then, you know, is that guy really what you want to try to build around? I don't know that that is. So, uh, I was high on Larry marketing like everyone else after his rookie season, and he came back, and uh, you know, his second year, he was he was kind of trying to show. I think that was the year he had that big February. Um, but then the, the injuries, the inconsistency, and just the limited style, the limited um, skills that we're still seeing. I mean, he's still not rounding out his game, and that's the most disappointing part to me. Uh, he needs to be able to take his man off the dribble. He needs to be able to take advantage of smaller players and mismatches in the post. He needs to be able to get to the free throw line. That's something that he's still struggling to do in his fourth season. Um, you know, defensively, they're, they're, there's, it's inexcusable that they'll put Daniel Gafford on Anthony Davis and, and, and hide Larry marken on centers like Marcus Saul. I just yeah. don't understand Indeed. why the Bulls would be interested in paying him big money when they have to do so much to either hide him defensively or cater to him offensively.
2: Agree 100 percent, and I, I, I think uh, you and I are probably not probably not the majority opinion in the fan base, but I think it's starting to grow. and plus, he's always hurt. His durability is in question, you know that's the other issue. It's like and I think he's going to get paid a ton, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I would not be surprised if there's a team out there that pays him 25 million in this coming I off would. season. What's that? I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But do you think – I think it's likely if he keeps on putting up these numbers, somebody would give him that much. I absolutely agree with you. I'd give him 20, and that'd be pushing it. But, you know, because that's the market. You look at Bertans, he's making 15. He's better than Bertans. You know, so uh, the market is what the market is, right? But $25 million, I I agree. Denzel Valentine, a big flashpoint with the fan base. On one side you have Stacey King, guys like Stacey King, uh, uh, Billy Donovan, myself – you know, very pro Denzel. He rebounds well, passes well, shoots it well, wraps uh, it well. Everything he does is, is pretty good. And then on the opposite side, you have uh, Mark from Australia and uh, Jim Boylan. Where do you fall on the Denzel Valentine spectrum?
1: Well, first off, credit to you for going 20 minutes into this thing without mentioning
2: this. Believe me, it was tough. It was tough. (laughs) Hey,
1: hey, He's making you look good this year. He's hitting some shots. He's coming off the bench, playing well, um, you know, rebounding, playmaking. He's
2: making you look good a little bit, Fred. He sure is, isn't he? I got to hand it to him. And that album, oh, my gosh, I've been listening to it 24-7. Have you checked that out yet? Oh, check out uh, no, I'm paper cuts. I'm,
1: pass, I'm passing on that. <laughs> passing on that. Uh, I don't. I don't need that in my life. I'm good. Uh, but no, I, on the court, I, I'm. I mean, I don't want to say that I've been high on Denzel, but I've always understood what he brings to the the roster, and that is shooting, some playmaking, some team defense, some rebounding. Uh, you know, and and he's a, he's just a guy who can kind of make things happen offensively for you and and get you uh, a good shot, whether he's facilitating, uh, knowing how to be a secondary ball mover um, or or a shot maker, so uh, that's valuable in this league, and Mm. he does have his his flaws, his his shortcomings, uh, mainly man defense, and he's going to have to figure out a way to not let that be a, a hindrance going forward, but You know, on a one-year deal, I never saw the problem with the Bulls bringing him back. I did think that they should have probably brought back Shaq Harrison, but I never had a problem with them deciding Denzel was was worthy of this one-year flyer.
2: Agreed. He's got a good handle, too. I think he's underrated as a ball handler. I mean, just offensively, he doesn't have a ton of flaws. I think he's really got a high IQ. I just don't understand the the negativity. I think I might have, unfortunately, been, uh, since I'm kind of a a flashpoint, too, I think people... Maybe just want to just uh, irritate me with negative Denzel takes. Is that possible? I don't know. Uh, let's go into the last question. And I can't thank you enough for your time, Darnell. You really truly are a prince among men to do this. Uh, the last question on Billy Donovan compared to Jim Boylan. I mean, I continually wake up in the morning and just smile and and, and thank you know the Lord that uh, I don't have to listen to any more play, uh, uh, press conferences of Jim Boylan. <laughs> you know, Just the, I remember all the evenings when I used to wake up and look at the drywall wondering, how's, how's this guy our head coach? And, and, and you know, now we have a guy who can actually communicate. i just like your general opinion about, number one, covering the team with Boylan versus uh, Donovan. But also, two, what are the biggest things that you've seen that are different about the team this year under Billy as, a, as opposed to Jim?
1: The, covering the team is it's just different now because of COVID and everything's all over Zoom. Um, and so that's a totally different dynamic than in the past that we're all trying to navigate and work around. Uh, but the difference that I'm seeing, the biggest difference, if there was one big difference, I think, I think that's the belief that this roster has and the belief that Billy Donovan has instilled in it that it can go out there and compete night in and night out, no matter the opponent, no matter the location. Uh, and, and now, you know, we didn't see this in the first two games and, and even in that Milwaukee game early in the season. Now, no matter the circumstance, whether they get up early and blow the lead, it seems like they are now starting to have beliefs that they can withstand those, um, little, little Bumps in the road during the game,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or if they get down big early, it seems like they have confidence that they can come back and make it a competitive game, a competitive fourth quarter. So uh, I I just think that whatever Billy Donovan is doing, however he's talking to these guys, he's gotten through to them that they can go out there and compete and give themselves a chance to win. They're battling. I hate to say that because. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like you know who, but but they're battling With in spirit. ways that they didn't do last year. For the most part, I mean, they played hard last year, but they didn't always play well. Um, Seems like they rarely played well, and this year they're, they're they're playing hard most nights, almost every night, and they're playing well. Uh, it's not always pretty, but they're playing well for large stretches of the game, and and, and they're trying to do the right things. Obviously, the fouling, the turnovers. Some of the defensive issues are real problems, but it's a young team and they're growing, and you're seeing the growth happen from night to night. Um, I do say I do think that Billy Donovan is is in, still in that honeymoon phase where you know this roster isn't expected to do much, so any little success that they have is going to be magnified, is going to be appreciated a lot more. The spotlight is going to come for Billy Donovan when this team has expectations and then we start scrutinizing his his sets, his offensive sets, his rotations, minutes, things like that. Right now, none of that really is coming for Billy Donovan. It's kind of a honeymoon right now that he's in, and as soon as the the roster gets more talent and gets more expectations on it, then I think we're going to start looking at Billy Donovan a lot closer.
2: Absolutely. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on the Stark Gafford movement in, in remembrance of it? I'm kidding. Rest in peace. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Darnell, where can uh, everybody find you and, and uh little information on your upcoming articles? Can't wait to read them. Uh, just uh, if you don't mind sharing with the audience, in case they they don't know, we're at
1: theathletic.com dot I'm on Twitter at Darnell Mayberry, and just try to check out the athletic if you haven't already. We do great work, um, not just with the Bulls, I'm saying, but throughout. Uh, the country, and, and even if you're in the, the English Premier League over there in Europe, whatever. Like we, we're, we're expanding, and I think it's a great deal for anyone who's not a subscriber
2: yet. Darnell, I can't thank you enough for your time. I wish you a fantastic season. You're a, a true treasure to this city. Uh, I, I love your work, and I can't thank you enough for taking time in the Big Red Bus today. It was truly uh, an enjoyable 35 minutes and i wish you the best this year do you think there's a a, a light at the end of the tunnel that will eventually be able to start interview? you know you'll be able to start interviewing these guys in person are you starting to see that with the vaccine hopefully yeah
1: i do um and you know hearing that chicago is now opening restaurants and the 40 percent capacity now i mean things are gradually ticking up and it seems like with this vaccine there's a lot more uh, positivity momentum and going in a positive direction, and so I'm hopeful, and, and I think that's all we can be, is is hopeful, because it beats the alternative, so uh, let's hope that this thing moves, continues to move in, in a positive direction. Uh, I don't know that fans are going to necessarily be back in the building. I know some other franchises are, are taking those steps to bring fans back a little bit more and more, but I'd be surprised if the Bulls and the city of Chicago, state of Illinois, allow that at any point this season. I hope they do if it's safe, but I'm a little more pessimistic about that. But I do think that things are headed in a positive direction in terms of maybe next season, everything will be back to where we were um,
2: used to last season. Well, when you write this book after they win the seven title in 2023, (laughs) you have complete freedom to use all my tweets, all my predictions I'll be available for an interview if you want to. I mean, I cannot wait to read it. It's going to be a great book. If it happens, man, we need to double byline it. We need to, we need to share, co-author that thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, along with the scientists at uh, North, uh, Northeast Idaho who uh, found, have studied my teeth. All right, man. It's great talking to you so much. Thanks so much, Darnell. Have a good one. It's always great talking to you, my friend. Craig, you know I love your passion, man, that you make
1: this job enjoyable. It's, 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 I always tell you this, it's fans like you that that keep people like me going, man. It's 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 guys like you who I try to keep in mind when I'm writing and interviewing these players and coaches and front office executives to try to get answers for people like you, man. So, so I really appreciate everything that you bring to the table
2: and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Darnell. Thanks a lot. Have a great evening, bud. I'll All talk right, to you, you again too. soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey, what's up? It's Emily, and I'm pretty sure that compassionate, coordinated healthcare is something on the top of everyone's mind. That is why I love Live by Advantia Health. From primary care to mental health and gynecology to obstetrics, Live understands these are all connected and important to you. Live is a membership-based practice in the heart of D.C. that prioritizes your experience. Plus, Live accepts all major insurance. So take charge of your healthcare on your schedule and choose Live. Learn more and become a member by searching for Live by Advantia. L-I-V by Advantia.